You're listening to the Not Too Late Show, the only show where a divorce lawyer tells you the hard truths. Please welcome Sarah Schnarr and divorce attorney James Sexton. James, good to see you again. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going all right. I'm on a, actually on a break from trial right now. I spent the whole morning on trial cross-examining a witness. So it's lovely to you see your working. face today because Thank I've, you. I've been staring at a witness for the last several hours. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, speaking of seeing faces, I saw you. I read your post. I saw your post for LA Magazine. You were talking about Ariana Grande oh and this whole God. mess with her square pants. Ariana Grande and SpongeBob SquarePants, man. This is like yes. rage. I got a, I got a lot of questions about this. I got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, trying to know what's going on with with divorce in Hollywood right now. It's it's like well, a, a and, pandemic. And it's, it's pretty obvious why there's been a lot of celebrities making the headlines lately. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I hate Kevin to say Cosner. It, like, is divorce trending? What's you happening know, in Hollywood? Listen, we had like Hot Girl Summer last year. Like maybe this is like you know uh, this is knockdown drag out divorce summer. Apparently, I, I did I didn't get the memo in advance, but uh, yeah, it's happening. It is on, and it's like no more of this conscious uncoupling. This is like old school. Right. Let's throw hands kind of stuff. Um, and 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 it's yeah, we're, we're getting a lot of you know the interesting thing is I think the ten. Tensions are ratcheted up, you know, in, in the industry right now, the, the, the strikes that are happening, writer's strike and, yep. and the SAG strike. And, you know, I think it's got a, a lot of, um, you know, like fighting is the order of the day. You know, we're not we're not pretending to be as polite anymore as a society. People aren't yep. as afraid to throw hands. And, and uh, I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I'm trying to, like, get the word out that if anybody has a connect for whoever does like the Oscar gift bags, because mm-hmm. I, I we can't take another hit as a society here. We've consumed so much media that's out there right now, so much content. And now we got a writer strike. We got a SAG strike and half of Hollywood's getting divorced. So I, I want to get <laughs> oh, no. in the Oscar gift bags that they give out where I, I think they get all kinds of cool stuff. I will put free prenups in there. I will do, it's like a $10,000 cost value to them and it'll save them potentially millions of dollars. But I will, I mean, how many people really get those bags? Whoever can get those bags, I'm telling you, put a, put a gift certificate from me for a free prenup. And this way we can keep Hollywood on track because if these people get divorced, which people in Hollywood (laughs) tend to do, they're not distracted by contentious divorce proceedings. They got the prenup. It locked things in. Right. Thank you, Jim Sexton. We can continue to have good streaming content. So if anybody... I got to say, James, that's some incentive. That actually might work. This, this is a lot of value. I'm, I'm giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars. It, at, at prices like this, you can't afford to stay married. I'm telling you, <laughs> somebody's got to get me in touch with whoever's. There's got to be somebody who's like, this is their job, is that they figure out what goes in the bag. I'm offering you sure. hundreds of thousands of dollars of value here. Hey, it's not a bad put the deal. Word out. Put the word out. I will put that word out. Well, James, we have a great show. Another great, three more great questions for you. Do I it. always love your, your expert advice and knowledge. I learn a lot. Let's make a quick little introduction. I'm Sarah Schnarr and this other guy is America's divorce attorney. This is James Sexton. Hello, everybody. Good to see everybody again. Good to see you as always, Sarah. 
Thanks. And I love promoting your book because this is a really great read, not just for people who are divorced, thinking about getting divorced. If you want to be a relationship badass, I highly recommend this. It's if you're in my office, it's already too late. James Sexton's book, A Divorce Lawyer's Guide to Staying Together. A fantastic read. Thank you. I actually got a really funny, I got a funny email this week from someone who read the book and they read it with their fiance and they're incorporating some of the stuff in the book into their vows. And they no said way. they're going to send me a idea. video of their wedding vows when they, they get married next month. And they're going to send me a video of it. I was like, I love that. I love that. That is so great. I was so psyched. I wonder if they're going to ask for a discount. Uh, Listen, you know what? This is, I'm very happy for them. I, Who says all I do That's is beautiful. facilitate the death of marriages, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. let's get into our that. first question, yeah, James. Okay. Dear James, my name is Mike, and I currently work for my father-in-law who owns a very successful car dealership. I am, in fact, his best employee. I have one salesman of the year, three years running. Unfortunately, my wife and I are going through a divorce, which has me worried about my job. I was wondering if my father-in-law can legally fire me because of a divorce. Are there any potential leak protections I should be aware of to safeguard my employment during this challenging time? I appreciate any advice or insights you can provide regarding this matter. Thank you for your time. Best regards, Mike. Wow. wow. That is, that's a tough one, Mike. I got to tell you, when, when you, um, you got more than one marriage happening there, you're married to, to your, your soon to be ex-wife and you're married to her father from an employment perspective. Um, you know, the, the bad news is, is that, that, you know, most states are what's called at will employment states, which means a person mm-hmm. can terminate you for pretty much any reason, unless it's, you know, a, a, like racial prejudice or sexual harassment, things like that. But a person can just terminate you for, for, you know, pretty much any reason or no reason. Just say, yeah, we're just changing the staffing around. So, um, I highly doubt he would say, Hey, I'm firing you because you're divorcing my daughter. Um, but he may say, Oh, I'm well, and couldn't that be a, a wrongful discrimination case because he's won salesman of the year three times. Yeah, he's got a pretty know, good record, right? You know, look, you uh, an, em- restru- an employment lawyer may say something different, but the truth is, okay. I, in my understanding of employment law, the reality here is that even if someone was salesman of the year three years in a row, you might be saying, you know what, I want to hire three less expensive salespeople that will add up to the uh-huh. same amount that this guy has, or I might want to hire part-time yeah. people. So the reasons why, you know, small businesses like a car dealership are allowed to make changes, you know, to their staffing without a lot of interference from the government. Um, the, the problem is, is the reason why people do things and the reason why they offer as to why they're doing it is very different, right? So, so I'm sure if asked, if he does fire him, he's not going to say, I'm doing it because you broke my little girl's heart. He's going to say, Oh, it's because you were rude to this person or, Oh, it's because we're changing the staffing. But we know, you know, what we know and what we can prove are two different things. Um, but that being said, you know, blood is thicker than water and certainly the bonds between a father and a daughter are, are more likely than not stronger than that of a boss and an employee. But, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. people do view business as business and personal as personal. And, and I've even had clients who, you know, owned a business together. It was a successful business. They divorced, but they continued to co-own the business together. Because they said, look, we're not meant to be a married couple, but we're good at this business. And why are we going to blow up our own lives? I mean, it's in her interests, his soon-to-be ex-wife, 
it's in her interest for him to be successful financially. You know, people come in all the time and they say to me, they sit, they sit across from me at a consult and they say, you know, I want you to cut his nuts off and leave him penniless. And I'm like, no, no. You want him to live a long, successful, happy life where he makes lots and lots of money, most of which he has to pay to you in alimony and child support. Like you want him to be so well and healthy. So, you know, it it actually might be, even though her father, you know, his father-in-law's gut response might be, hey, you hurt my little girl, I'm going to fire you. The right play might be, hey, I know where this guy works. I know what he makes. Mm-hmm. He can't hide any money that my daughter will be able to go after him for child support. I might even say to yeah. Mike, listen, man, I don't know if I'm going to have to be paying child support based upon my income and spousal support based on my income. I don't know that I would want my ex-father-in-law be the guy who knows exactly what I'm making. That's a lot of mm-hmm. transparency. So, you know, there, there's there's a lot going on in that situation. And what direction it's going to go in is is probably going to be a function of, of you know, the personalities of the people involved. But hopefully if yeah. everyone thinks strategically as opposed to just from their gut emotionally, you know, people make better choices. That's a good perspective because my gut was just the win to me would be get ahead of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of almost want to reset in the first place. It's very tough to not bring your outside yeah. life and your problems to work. And I think even having a clean break moving on from that will probably be better for everybody in the long run. So if he just sat down and had a a very open, honest conversation with his father-in-law and said, Hey, listen, you know, this isn't working, but you know, I'm a really good salesman. How about we relocate myself somewhere? And then he can, you know, ask for a certain salary, go to another location. He's at a dealership and clean break. Also, if he's moving on, it's going to be tough. I think for a woman, if he's trying to move on and, and get into a new relationship and he's working at his ex, oh, his yeah. in-laws dealership, like you got to think just for all parties involved, it just seems like get out of there. You know what's funny, Sarah? That would, I have to tell you, this is why I love that, that we have this conversation because that would actually never, maybe it's a man thing, that would never have occurred to me. But when you said it, I was like, what? oh, yeah. Like, you like see, it doesn't no, occur to you. Honestly, yes, I, I would not deal. have thought. If, when he's dating again, which is absolutely like, listen, 86% of people are remarried within five years of their divorce. So he's, he's going to be dating again really soon. And you're absolutely right. Like I never, I never, it would not have occurred to me that saying <laughs> to a woman who you're dating, oh yeah, I work for my ex-father-in-law, that that would make her go, what? Red flag, you know, but it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I'm going in there to get my car fixed. And then his ex-wife is just right. hanging out in the lobby. She's yeah, like, the like host daddy. Is welcome. Yeah, yeah, you yeah you're right. Your ex. Yeah, like, you're right. Pass. You're right. It's, it, but this is, again, this is, you know, like it, it, that's what I mean when I say it's like a multivariate equation. Some of these questions that people ask, you know, it's like, I wish there was just a simple straight answer, but very often it's not, you know, it's easy to choose between right and wrong. What's hard is choosing yeah. between the writer of two wrongs, you know, yes. and that's the challenge, yes. right? Is, is which, which is the choice that makes the most sense, all things considered. So. Yep. Wow. Well, good luck with that, Mike. Yeah, Mike, good luck. I hope that you happier times ahead. All right. Our next question. Hey, James, I have a tricky one for you. I'm going through a divorce with my soon to be ex-wife, Michelle. And I got a quick question about her name change after the divorce. Can Michelle be forced to go back to her maiden name? Is there a way to make that happen through the ruling or settlement? My last name is Worthy and Michelle isn't worthy to have my last name, Worthy. (laughs) 
It's not like we had kids, so I don't see why she should be able to keep my family name. Frankly, I think she married me for my name, and and I see her wanting to keep it just to piss me off. Your help and expertise are much appreciated. Thanks, pal. John. I, I have to tell you, if I had a dollar for every time I am asked this question by a client, I would I would have really precisely the number of dollars I have. Yeah, I I it is <laughs> people ask See, I didn't think people I didn't think this would be that common. Time. People are like pathological about she can't keep my name. I don't want her keeping wow. my name. It is so it's a thing. This is a thing. Um, the, the short answer, you cannot force anybody to change their name to anything. As long mm-hmm. as you change your name, not for the purposes of evading creditors, any of us mm-hmm. can change our name. I could change my name to anything I want to change it to, as long as it is not for the purpose of evading creditors. So you cannot force someone to remove a last name. Now, he he said they don't have children Hmm. together. It's very common that people keep their married name, not because they love the last name, but because they want to have the same name as their kids. They don't want to have to say, hi, I'm Miss Doe. And they're like, I'm sorry, we don't have, no, I'm sorry. Smith is the children's name, but I'm Doe. They don't want to have to explain it, right? But or I've seen them hyphenate. They'll take they'll take their native name and hyphenate it and then give their kids that as a middle sure. name. I've seen that happen. Look, the the the, the name a name is a symbol, right? A name is just a symbol. Your mm-hmm. parents came up with it. Somebody came up with your name. You have the right to change your name. You have the right to hyphenate your name. You have the right to pick a new name. That's a big thing that's happening where where people get married and instead of I'll take your name or you'll take my name, or I'll add a hyphen and make everything we enter into the computer complicated for the rest of our lives. What they do is they just say, let's pick a new name. Let's have a new name. Really? This will be our, our new. F- and my sister did this. My sister's huh. a hippie. Huh. And she, you know, she's <laughs> Sexton and her husband was Bowers. And they said, all right, we'll be mm-hmm. Forrest. So now my sister, she's very, she's an author. You can look her Get up. Lori Forrest is my sister. And, and it's just the name they came up with. They're hippies. They're in Vermont. They're vegans. They named yeah, themselves love Forrest. It. I mean, you know, love it, it. they should have been like, I'm granola, you know, but they, they, yeah. they picked Forrest. <laughs> and so this is what people do and, and people have a right to do it. But no, you cannot force your, the stuff people want me. I had somebody in my office last week. I am not making this up. I, I wish I would. I'm not this creative. Who, who wanted to know if I could get the judge to place a restriction on his ex-wife's ability to date. No way. Yeah, they have a 12-year-old daughter. And he said, I want you. And I said, well, wait a minute. I said, are you saying you don't want men in the house? Because I could do that. Or is there a specific boyfriend you don't like? Is she like dating some awful person and you want to say, he said, no, no, it's nothing like that. I just don't think she should be distracted in that way while our child needs care. So I think if we get put a restriction that says when our daughter turns 18, she's allowed to date. I said, how, like, aside from how would that be enforced? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, so people want to look, this person is your ex, you know, they have the right Mm -hmm. to, they were married to you. They were married to you. So they have the right to continue that name if they want to. But anyone has the right to change their last name. Like change your last name to her former last name then as a, as a, if you want to like get into this weird escalating war between people about name changes. But no, you cannot force someone to uh, change their last name from your name. Um, Worthy is a cool last name. I get it. Yeah, I, it listen, buddy, it I'm is. there. I got the last name Sexton. 
I mean, it's a nightmare when you're in third grade to have the word sex in your last name. And almost anything I send with an attachment via email gets put in a spam folder because the word sex is in my last name. But I got to tell you, like when I got divorced myself, my first thing my ex-wife did was she's like, oh, nope, I'm not going to be sexted anymore. And I was like, that's it's like an awesome name. It's two words people use all the time. S-E-X-T-O-N. Easy to spell. It's like, nope, that's it. Yeah. I'm out. So I, I really... You can't force a person to keep your name. Can't force a person to get rid of your name. You can't stop a person from changing their name if they want to. Would you have minded, James, if she did not want to change back to her maiden name? And no, she but we had kids. You know, we had, we have kids together, so I, I would have. I was actually surprised when she said she was going to change her, her 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 name. And when she remarried, she actually didn't take his name. Her her. She's been married mm-hmm. for uh, 13, 14 years now, but her. She didn't take his last name, which is a lovely last name. Miller is his last name. It's like a really nice last name, easy to spell, familiar. But she said, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that. Uh, I'm going to keep my my maiden name. She's like, I gave it up once. I got it back and I'm holding on to it, you know? So she's, she's. Is there a time limit as far no. as, is there a time limit? And also, or can you change, let's say you're married five times. Is there, is there any number or max amount of changes you can no, make? No, you're allowed. I mean, one individual okay. state laws change and it's done through the surrogates court typically. When you get divorced mm-hmm. in your judgment of divorce, it usually says you have the right to presume, you know, to resume the use of your, uh, your, your maiden surname or your premarital, okay. changed maiden surname. Now it's premarital surname because it's no longer just women who change their names. There's also, you know, same sex marriages, people change names, but ultimately, um, yeah, no, you can, there's no time limit to it. As long as, again, the law generally is as long as you are not changing your name for the purposes of evading creditors, you can change your name as many times as you want to, as long as it's not for the purpose of evading creditors, getting credit cards that you're not entitled to, things like that. Okay. Last point I want to make uh, before we get to our last question. So if Michelle marries again, let's say she takes the last name, her her next husband is Singleton, and then she gets a divorce. Does she, she has the option to go back to her maiden name or she can take worthy again. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. She would go back to her premarital surname, funny, sorry, which would be funny, worthy she... at that point. Okay. If that was her name at the okay. time of marriage, that becomes her premarital surname. Oh, Where this be becomes even trickier is when a child's name mm-hmm. and a parent is no longer in the picture and the person, oh, the yeah, child's, that... you know, mom sure. or dad remarries. And says, hey, I, I want to take my step parents name because this is the closest mm-hmm. thing. Like my biological didn't bother. This is the person who, you know, has been the parent to me. And that's a whole proceeding, a name change proceeding. And you have to show good cause and you have to show the reasons why. And at any point, this mm-hmm. uninvolved parent can step in and try to argue to the contrary. But yeah, naming is a you learn a lot about naming as a family lawyer. When people get divorced while someone's pregnant, that's a big deal. Because that people sometimes will be married and they'll get divorced while someone is pregnant. And then who has the right to name the child is tricky. And is there any protection moving forward to eliminate this kind of problem? I mean, can you put something in the prenup that says there's financial incentive if you go back to your maiden name? Is there any protection? Because it seems like there's a lot of name change yeah, yeah. options, but no protection like for someone like prenup, but yeah. it strikes me as one that would be valid and upheld. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, prenups, okay. like you can put crazy shit in prenups and get away with it. Like, <laughs> like the best example I give to people is there, I'm not making this up. There was in New York, a prenup that said that for every five pounds, the wife gained from the date of marriage, <gasps> she would lose $5,000 a month in alimony in the event that they divorced. and. 
I, and there was like a baseline number. This is what she weighs now. And it was, wow. and the, it went up to the appellate courts and the appellate court basically said, yeah, this is a disgusting provision. It's gross. Why you would ever marry someone who put this in a prenup is shocking right. to us, but it is perfectly legal. You are grown adults. You were represented by counsel. You signed off on this. It's binding. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I suppose having that conversation early on, you know what you're getting into and yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those like fire beware, that's, you that's know tough. what you're walking into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with that situation. That'll be an interesting yeah. one to see if that yeah. plays well, out. But Worthy's a good last name. She's going to be stuck with it. Maybe that. she got a lot of stuff monogrammed. She doesn't want to have to do it over again. You never know. Like you monogram a Birkin yeah. bag, you're like, I'm not changing she my wants last to keep name. Her towels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to our last question, James. All right. Hello, James. What's up? I'm dealing with a divorce from my husband. I've got kind of a funny question about pets. I really want to make sure I end up with our awesome family dog. Any tips on how to make sure I get pet custody during the divorce? On a lighter note, neither of us want our daughter's annoying gerbil. (laughs) Since his infidelities led to this divorce, is there any way he can end up with the gerbil? So I can focus on our awesome dog. Thanks for your understanding. And I'm looking forward to your advice on this. Cheers, Emily. I, I feel bad for Emily's gerbil. I, I got to tell you, I feel like that's, Emily's like really dissing oh. the gerbil. I don't, you know, that's a very, that's very, I'm going to be, I'd like to represent this gerbil pro bono in this proceeding. Um, Yeah. Pet custody, man. Big thing. Big thing. That's, yes. Who doesn't want the dog. awesome dog? I mean, well, I mean, listen, I, I want a picture of my kids. I got a picture of my dogs here. I mean, I don't, oh. you know, listen, yeah. dogs, we don't deserve that's, dogs. They're amazing. But yeah, the Look, uh, Emily, it's a great question. Um, pet custody is a a, a, a very, very um, evolving area of law. It's mm-hmm. getting bigger and bigger. Um, people are, you know, people are very fond of their pets. Um, you know, pets are a huge piece of things. There are more and more couples, particularly young couples, who are saying, you know, let's not have kids, but let's have uh, fur babies, as they put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a common thing. And so um, pet custody is evolving. It used to be that in the eyes of the law, animals were what we call chattel, meaning that they were property. So early in my ah. career, 20 some years ago, I had a judge in New York County Supreme Court in a divorce when the parties couldn't agree on who got the dog. He said, I'm going to order the dog to be sold and the proceeds divided. And of course, mm-hmm. we all went out in the hallway and everybody figured out in this very King Solomon way. All right. All right. Here's what we'll do with the dog. Um, but yeah, dog custody is a big thing. I, I had a client a couple months back. Came in, no kids, um, you know, a lot of financial assets. But the guy said to me in the conference room, look, the dog is the ball. He was like, the dog is the ball. He's like, she can have whatever she wants. She can have, he's like, what the dog, I want the dog. And, and pets become a huge lever in divorces. I mean, I had a guy a couple of, maybe a couple of years ago now who older, gruff dude. I think I talk about it in my book who was just like, like made a steel unemotional, but man, he loved his dog. And this woman took the dog. She left and she took the dog and we fought like hell for three months to get this dog back. And when I got him, his dog back, he cried. He was crying in the hallway. And this is not a man who looked like he ever cried. It's like a gruff guy, you know, works with his hands, kind of a dude. And he was so happy to get that dog back. It was one of the best feelings I ever had as a lawyer. It was like a yeah. great moment. They're family members. Yeah. They're part of the family, yeah. you know? But yeah, pet custody is tricky because, um, you know, what I always tell people is 
make sure your name is on the dog at the vet or the cat at the vet, you know, as the contact. Okay. Um, as if, the owner or just... As the owner or the primary contact. Okay. Um, when okay. you license, like very often towns require that a dog or a cat be licensed, that they have their vaccinations and stuff like rabies. So with the town, you have to pay a license fee a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. If you can, make sure your name is on that. These are all what we call indicia okay. of ownership. These are all things that create the presumption that this is your dog individually, but the dog or cat or dogs and cats or gerbils, even if you don't like gerbils, um, they, they are property acquired during the marriage and therefore subject to distribution by a court. So they are within the jurisdiction of the court. And courts, the thing that's really changed in the last five to 10 years is courts are now starting to ask real questions about who will give the dog a better life or the cat a better life, who works mm-hmm. from home, who, um, what's you know, in the pet's yeah, best interest. Yeah, sure. because people, but how do you, remember people that, in divorces though. don't just do things because they want them. They do things because mm-hmm. they know they're spouse, they're soon to be ex wants them. Like it really is. I want the dog. Why? Cause he wants the dog and I want to hurt him, you know? So I want the dog. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they didn't ever really care about the dog. They're willing to leave the dog at doggy daycare or in a crate half the day, but they know that it's going to, it's going to upset their ex. So they'll, they'll do what they do about it. So it really is something that thank, thankfully the courts are evolving and starting to treat mm-hmm. animals you know, companion animals of that kind, like, um, you know, like children, not exactly like children. You can't be obliged to pay support. You can't be obliged. But people can, by the way, can negotiate whatever they want to. Like people very often come up, yeah. I've done very creative provisions in separation agreements where it's a friendly kind of a divorce where we say, look, if there's ever a major medical issue that needs to be made about the dog, we'll still make it. Um, when the dog eventually is, has to be euthanized, if that ever has to happen, that we'll both have the right to see the dog or be with the dog, or we'll split the ashes if the, if it's eventually cremated. Mm-hmm. So we can get really lawyers can get deep into this stuff with people because like you said, it's like a family member. This is some, something really important to people, yeah. but it's, it's, it's something coming up more and more often these days. Does split custody work? Do you see that with couples who split and then the day yeah. somebody gets the dog for the first month? Is that is that Yeah, there are people that do it. Courts will not order that, in my experience, okay. but it is something people can do. And it's challenging, but it's challenging in the same way that any any co-parenting situation or shared situation is challenging. You know, it's it's never easy mm-hmm. to have continued ties with your ex, but very often people do financial ties. Ties of children, family ties, business ties, you know, and pet ties. You can continue to have those ties. I I generally encourage people don't have something where you have to every other day be exchanging because it's, you're just, you're just keeping this connection with this person. But, you know, a week on, week off thing or a month on, month off thing. Again, I, I think just like kids. Think about what's actually good for the, if you really love a pet, sometimes the thing you would do is let it go. Listen, when I got divorced many years ago, I loved our cat. But I knew that the kids were mostly going to be with their mom. I knew how much she loved the cat. And I remember saying, okay, you get Norris in the divorce. Norris the cat. You get, and Norris lived to the ripe old age of, I think, 17. Wow. And, and I'll tell you a funny personal story. When my ex-wife got remarried, I wasn't jealous. I was really happy for her. It, was a, it seemed mm-hmm. like a great guy nice. and it was nice to see her happy and they were a good match. And I used to go over to the house to pick my sons up because they were quite young. And, you know, she'd be like talking to her, you know, 
new husband and she'd be like, Hey honey, do you want this? And Hey sweetie, do you want this? And it never upset me. I was always like, Oh, that's nice. It's nice Mm -hmm. that they like each other so much. And then one day Norris who had been our family cat came walking into the room and I was like, Hey Norris, what's up buddy? And I (laughs) patted him for a few seconds and then he walked away and jumped up on the lap of her new husband, oh. just sat there. And for the Ouch. first time, oh. I felt oh. jealous. For the first time, yep. I was like, oh, you traitor. I get that. Oh. Like you, you can keep, if she'd walked in and sat on his lap, I'd have been like, whatever, it's fine. But the cat, I was like, oh, yeah. how could you do this to me, buddy? <laughs> oh. But yeah, he lived to the ripe old age of 17. He passed away a couple of years ago. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, oh. listen, if you love Sorry, something, James. Sometimes you go, you know what? I want this, this animal to have the best life possible and, 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 and to be loved. And, and that's what matters, you know, is the most important thing. Oh, I'm sorry about your cat. Listen, he had, Norris had a great gig. He did. He had a great gig. Well, and it's too bad there's no good or bad spouse award for her husband because he's the cheater. He should get that gerbil. He should get the gerbil. But, you know, maybe like a package deal. Like, all right, you get the dog, but you also have to take the gerbil. You know, like the gerbil could be the leverage in the other direction, you know. Exactly. What's the lifespan on a gerbil, too? I don't think it's as long. I as, do not know. I, don't I honestly don't have long. friends who own gerbils. Is that is that more I, common I, than I, not? Listen, I, 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 gerbils are still a thing, apparently. I don't know. I don't. I, I never had one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll leave that alone. Yeah. I, I, when I eventually do a gerbil I custody case, I will let you know right away. Yeah, please do. Please do. I'm very curious where that goes. Well, I love, I love talking to you and getting your Always insight great. Always great everything. to get Anything up. you wanted to add? Anything we missed? Anything that... No, gang. Just like I on? said, anybody knows anybody at the Academy Awards, man, let me know. Yeah, I'll get some prenups out it. there to Hollywood. We cannot afford that to have is, these people distracted. great idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thanks, Thanks James. I love talking Always to you. Always great to see I you, Sarah. Thanks. We'll see you back here next week. See you all soon. If you have any relationship or divorce questions and want to hear from attorney James Sexton, be sure to email podcasts at lamag.com.